Welcome to I Speak Human, a podcast about navigating the human experience by way of the stars. I'm your host, intuitive astrologer, Akashic record reader, and fellow human, Victoria Greer Stevens. Join me each week as we look to the stars to answer life's big questions. Who are we? Where are we going? And why are we here? This is I Speak Human. So glad you're here. So today is a fun little episode of I Speak Human. Couple things. Numero no. I'm recording this episode super fucking late at night. And that's insightful. <laughs> insightful. Interesting because I don't ever do that. So I had zero intentions of recording a podcast today, but I came home and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling it. I knew my subject. And here we are. So it's 10:51 p.m., which may not be that late to some people. And I think at once upon a time, this wouldn't really have been that late for me either, but at this point in my life, it is. So that's the first thing that's interesting about today's episode. The second thing that's interesting about today's episode is I'm doing something that I have never done before, and that is talking about my own birth chart in detail. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at my birth chart as if I've never seen it before. Obviously, I have, but I'm going to walk you through the steps of what I do when I look at a birth chart for the first time. So if you're looking at your own birth chart, or maybe you're looking at a friend's birth chart, or maybe you're looking at a client's birth chart, you know, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say that this podcast is for astrologers. Um, This is a podcast for people that are, I would consider an astrologist, people that are interested in astrology and are studying it actively. However, it's maybe not their primary uh, profession. So uh, I think a lot of people that listen to this show either are, they use it actively in their lives, or maybe you're a Reiki healer or you're a tarot reader and you use astrology alongside of your practice. However, you don't consider yourself an astrologer. Um, Yeah. So I'd consider this kind of like an intermediate level um, astrology podcast. So it's not totally for beginners, but it's, I, there are, there is definitely some content on here for beginners, but I want people, um, who, you know, are looking at trying to read a chart to be able to get something out of this. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to read my chart and to make it very teachery, as you all know, well, maybe you don't know now, you know, um, I am a voice teacher. I teach privately in Nashville, Tennessee. I have my students fluctuate because sometimes they go on pause and, you know, but somewhere between, you know, 38 to 50 kids at any given point. I love my job. I love my kiddos. um, And I use astrology to help teach them. Um, But I consider myself a teacher at heart. My mother is a teacher. um, And I'm just a natural teacher. I teach everything. My partner is also a very natural teacher. And I feel like I'm surrounded with teachers and I consider myself, obviously I'm a teacher as a profession, but really in everything I do, I just, I want to teach people and I want people to understand. So yeah, so I'm going to break this down. These are my 10 things that I look at when I look at a birth chart for the first time. So 
first of all, I'm going to tell you guys my birth information so that if you want to put this information in your astrology app just to kind of learn or whatever that you're welcome to. Um, I'll also post a picture of my chart online in the cover page for this podcast, like on my Instagram. So you can go to at Victoria G. Stevens, that's Stevens with a PH, and you can find the cover of this week's podcast. I think it's episode 33. And uh, in the carousel of images, you'll find my birth chart. So you can follow along. Okay, but I'll go ahead and give you my birth information. Ooh, this is exciting. I feel so exposed. <laughs> um, I was born on December 21st, 1989. It's 7.59 p.m. in Greenville, South Carolina. So, and I use whole, sound, whole sign house system. So this will be all in that context. But to be honest, my birth chart does not change a lot from house system to house system. So the biggest thing is, um, if you are, um, if you use like Placidus, for instance, my son changes houses. That's really the only thing that happens in my chart. Um, but that's kind of a big deal. So especially since it's my chart ruler. So you could argue that that's kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah, and to be honest, sometimes I don't love the whole sign of house system because I don't love having my house in the sixth house. But anyway, we'll get there. So if you put this in your phone or you put this in your system, you'll see me as a Leo rising. I am four degrees of Leo rising. In my first house, I also have my south node at 17 degrees of Leo, which puts my north node at 17 degrees of Aquarius. Uh, right exactly opposite of my ascendant is my Venus and Aquarius, which makes me love some beauty, weird beauty. I appreciate very weird, beautiful things. Um, you'll see that my sun is at zero degrees of Capricorn along in that same house. I have Uranus at five degrees, Neptune at 11 degrees, Saturn at 14 degrees, and Mercury at 20 degrees. I have my moon at 22 degrees of Libra which is opposing my midheaven at 24 degrees of Aries. And um, lastly, to fill in the last few planets, for some people, that if you're like me and you can fill in charts in your head, this is helpful. If you're not like me and this feels overwhelming, just don't even worry about this information and keep thinking and just or keep listening and don't worry about it. Um, but if you're like me, I'm going to help you fill in the rest of the mental chart. Um, and I have Mars at two degrees of Sagittarius in the fifth house and I have Pluto at 16 degrees of Scorpio in the fourth house and then finally I have Jupiter at six degrees of Cancer in my 12th house with Chiron at 14 degrees so that is my chart um just the overview of it so if you want to follow along you want to look at this in a system feel free otherwise if you just want to use the principles that's cool too so the first thing, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to approach my chart just like I've never seen it before and go through the 10 parts that I look for when I look at it, a chart. So the first thing that I look at when I look at a chart is I look at the rising sign and what the rising sign is in the chart. It represents the personality, the physical body, and the overall appearance of the native. Um, it can also represent kind of how they present themselves to the world. Most people are pretty familiar with their rising sign and it's their most comfortable way. It's kind of their barrier 
and how they move about in life. So I am a Leo rising. Um, as a Leo rising, Leo risings are very dramatic and they're theatrical. They are also really encouraging and supportive. They have an optimism. They believe in people. They have a royalty about them. They're fierce. So if also I said that Leo um, or the rising sign is the physical appearance. So a Leo risings, if you're a Leo risings, you have fierce eyebrows. You have strong hair because you're representative of that lioness energy, that feline energy, that royal energy. So I embody that. I embody, I mean, my name is Victoria, <laughs> which is a very royal name. And I'm, and I'm so quirky and I'm so weird, but there's also this like royalty to me that I've always like possessed and known and I just I feel very comfortable with a crown on my head I know that sounds weird but like I did pageants as a kid and I just always was like I feel comfortable being looked at in this type of regalia I feel comfortable dressing like this I feel comfortable in big earrings and lots of makeup and being on stage I that's that's my comfort place I'm I'm very theatrical I even the way I dress, I don't know if I really would say like I have a style as much as I like to dress in costumes. And sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, oh, I want to have a style. I want to like be a certain way. I think that's my Capricorn. But I, you know, really I want to dress like I'm a sailor when I go to a boat party. And I want to dress like, you know, I'm a school teacher when I'm going to teach. And I want to dress like you know, a vixen when I'm going on a date. And I, and I want to embody these different characters. And that's very Leo rising to like, and not all Leo risings are going to be like that. I think I'm a little bit more literal um, because I have my son, my son by um, certain systems is in my fifth house, which is in Sagittarius. So I have this, and even though my son is in Capricorn, the house, my my fifth house is ruled by Sagittarius. And so I have this very mutable energy. Um, so that's the first thing I look at. I look at the rising sign. Um, and then the next thing I'm going to look at is the chart ruler. So the chart ruler is the planet that rules the rising sign. So my chart ruler would be, so Leo is my rising sign. And so what planet or luminary rules Leo? The sun. The sun rules the zodiac sign of Leo. So, for instance, if you were an Aries rising, Mars would be your chart ruler. If you're a Virgo rising, Mercury would be your chart ruler. Um, so just look up, if you're confused, just look up the planet that rules whatever. So if you're Cancer rising, look up the planet that rules Cancer, which is the moon, by the way. Um, and if you listen to past episodes, I talk about the different rulers. So if you want to go through the element series, if you're not familiar, maybe take, go back before you listen to this episode and get really familiar with the chart rulers and that'll help you. But if you just want to Google it, feel free. Um, but that's the next thing I'm going to look at. The first thing I'm going to look at is the rising sign, but then, okay, so we have with, well, there's 12 different rising signs. But then where that rising sign is placed is going to have to do with kind of how that rising sign is displayed. Okay, so follow me with this. If you're a Taurus rising, Venus is your chart ruler. 
where Venus is, is going to have a lot to do with what type of Taurus rising you are. So if your Venus is in Scorpio, you might be like a little bit more of like, like dark colors and leather and like this, like little bit more dominatrix look whereas like if your venus is in libra you might like a lot of soft colors and flowers and flirty vibes and so it's gonna kind of color the way your rising sign shows up okay so my chart ruler is the sun so my sun is in the sign of capricorn okay so that automatically makes me a very certain type of leo rising And I'm laughing because if you know anything about astrology, that's a pretty intense combination. Um, And it is. And though my sun is at zero degrees of Capricorn, meaning I am barely a fucking Capricorn. That's right, folks. If my mother had birthed me a mere three and a half hours earlier, I would be an entirely different sun sign. I would be a Sagittarius. And in fact, I grew up most of my life thinking that I was a Sagittarius like my mom. And I was like, I'm not like my mom. And I could tell that like even from a young age. And my mom's very fiery and I'm a lot more practical. Like my mom's a lot more optimistic and I'm a lot more like here are the facts. Like sometimes I feel like so my mom's Jupiterian ruled and I'm Saturn ruled. Like sometimes, like especially during the pandemic, I would just like call my mom up and be like, look, here are the facts. You are over this age. You are over, you know, this is your health issues. These are, this is your risk factors. Like this is how important it is for you to get vaccinated or this is how important it is for you to wear a mask or whatever. And I'm not even supporting or not supporting. I just would tell my mom like the facts because Bonnie as much, I love her, but she's very Sagittarian and she just was very like, oh, it's fine. Everything's cool. Everything's amazing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like maybe... Like, but like, let's look at the facts and like she did and she's, it's just, but it's just funny. So like, I always felt a lot more like, I don't want to say grown up, but grounded compared to my mom, like growing up. So I think when I realized like I was, I was doofy dopey Saturn and like, cause Saturn's kind of like, you know, Betty Buzzkill. Like, like Saturn's like, yeah, but do you know what smoking does to you? I know it looks cool, but do you know what smoking does to you? That's Saturn. It's like the boner killer of the Zodiac. And I feel like I was kind of the boner killer in my house growing up. I was like, yeah, but what about this? Like, just... So anyway, that's that's Saturn. That's and so that's my chart ruler is this kind of, you know, I am very seen and I'm very apparent and I'm very theatrical, but I kind of have this like Saturnian way about me that like it's kind of sad. Like <laughs> and I'm very like real. Like I talk about really real things and I talk about pain and I talk about grief and I talk about loss, which is you know, I lost my dad when I was younger, when I was really young. And so, so much of like what I think and what I believe and how I framed my life is through loss, which is very Saturnian. So though I love to create art and drama and beauty and theatrics, like, which is very Leo. Um, and y'all, if I had the money, 
like my photo shoots would be like epic. Um, I like love drama and just makeup and over the top and being characters and oh my god like guys I've like I have pilots for tv shows in my head and just all these things but there's there's this sadness to them I think there's this and also there's this um limit to it a little bit which is very Saturnian like I like things to be really clean and organized. Like, yeah, I want drama, but I like want drama with like structure and symmetry and like tradition in a way. Like I I like I like a classic costume. Like if I was going to play like I don't know, like a nurse for instance, I would be like a classic nurse. I'd be like a nurse from like the 1920s and like I like like the pinup look and I like that kind of just classic red lip and there's this and I think that's very Capricorn so even though like I'm playing these parts I want to play these like very traditional parts and I think it's kind of fun and cheeky in a way so that's understanding your chart ruler so that was point number two point number three you want to figure out is do you have a night chart or do you have a day chart so finding out if somebody is a night chart or a day chart, super, super simple. All you got to do is look for where the sun is in the chart. If the sun is in houses 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, this is a day chart. This means that the sun was above the horizon when this native was born, which means that it was daylight when the native was born. But if you have the sun in houses one, two, three, four, five, or six, then this person is a night chart. This person was born when the sun was below the horizon, meaning it was dark out when the native was born. Now, this is going to tell you a lot about the native. It's going to tell you a lot about the chart, too. But one thing it's going to tell you, it's going to tell you if this is more of a diurnal person or a nocturnal person. So a diurnal person is going to be more linear. They're going to be more active, um, more instinctual, less intuitive. Um, they're also going to be more logical and more practical. And they're so a lot more traditionally masculine qualities. They're going to be very seen and they're going to do things. Yeah. From that mental place and from that spirited standpoint, and they're ruled by the sun. Now, if a person like myself is nocturnal, we're a lot more intuitive and we're sensual and it's the feminine and it's, you know, creativity and it's darkness and it's healing and it's death and it's sensuality and it's associated with the mother and the moon and it's, it's, so there's, it's a very different energy. And even as I'm describing it, like I'm getting more into that energy. So that kind of lets you know what kind of, so what kind of, kind of lens is this person looking at the world through? So I'm looking at the lens, the world through a very mystical, spiritual, feminine lens. And one is not good and one is not bad, but this is this just kind of helps you understand a little bit how and it also is going to set up some other points in the chart but it kind of just lets you know kind of what 
what flavor or what lens that the native is looking at the world through? Are they looking at it more through this nocturnal lens, this creative, flowing, intuitive lens? Or are they looking at it through a more active, martial, uh, diurnal lens with the day? So that's the third point I'm going to look at. Now, the fourth point I'm going to look at in the chart is the sect ruler. So the sect ruler is sounds fancy, but all it is is it's going to be the luminary that rules this chart based on the fact that they're a night or day planet. So simply put, if you want to find out if the person is ruled by the night or day, you already figured it out in step number three. So if the sun is in houses 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, then this person is diurnal and they are ruled by the sun. And if the person's sun is in one, two, three houses, one, two, three, four, five, six, like myself, they're nocturnal and they're ruled by the night. So the first thing you want to look at is the primary luminary. So that's going to depend on whether the person is ruled by the sun or the moon. So we're, since we're looking at my chart, um, my primary ruler is the moon because I am a nocturnal planet. So let's look at my moon. My moon is at 22 degrees of Libra. <clears throat> it is in the third house and it is perfectly opposing. Well, it's not perfectly. It's very closely opposing my midheaven in Aries. It is also squaring my Mercury, which is at 20 degrees of Capricorn. It also forms a wide trine to my North Node in a, at 17 degrees of Aquarius. So this is my moon. This is a really big planet in my chart. It's a big planet in my chart because I'm nocturnal ruled, but also it's in a really powerful place in my chart. So the other thing that you want to look at in the chart, and this is going to come a little bit later in step number six, is the angles of the charts. The angles of the chart are the point, are houses one, seven, ten, and four. So my moon is really close to one of those angles, and it's opposing my midheaven. So it has a lot of pull in my chart. My moon is also in the third house, which is the place where the moon is said to have its joy. All of the houses are said to have its joy, their joy in a certain house. And I'll do a different episode about that. But just knowing that, okay, my moon has its joy in the third house, meaning my moon really likes being there, which is true. The third house is siblings. It's your neighborhood. It's everyday life. It's your everyday rituals. It's communication. It's this podcast. And my moon is in Libra. So I'm really chatty. I'm really chatty with my Libra rising brother. So that perfectly is represented in my third house. Um, also, the moon is your mother. And my mom is also a Libra rising. So that's perfectly, it's describing both my mom and my brother, who are both very important people in my life. They're people that I talk to often. There's that Mercury square. Um, and they're also people who are very influential in helping me like be the best version of myself that I can be. Like I being really connected to my emotions and my lineage is a way that I'm able to really show who I am, which we'll get into a little bit more than Midheaven later. Um, but yeah, my moon is really powerful in my chart and that's true for me. 
I'm a writer. I speak. I host a podcast. I'm really good at speaking. And the third house is all about communication. It's squared by Mercury, which is in a pretty good place there in Capricorn, um, which is opposing Jupiter, which is exalted. It is conjuncting Saturn. So there is a little bit of restriction there, which is true. I'm dyslexic. Um, but I also am pretty gifted in writing and speaking. And so I make up for it. And and so my moon's in a pretty good place there. And that's true. Like, for the most part, moon activities, like being in my neighborhood, running errands, I like doing things like that. Um, but having, you know, your moon square Mercury, that is cause, like, that's kind of a sign of somebody that has a hard time making a distinction between their head and their heart. Um, and that's true for me. I can get really caught up in anxiety, which is very mercurial. And Libra, since it's an air sign, it's all it's very in the head. So sometimes I have a hard time being emotionally connected because I have my moon and an air sign. So I want to logic through what I feel rather than feeling what I feel. So that's the fourth place I'm going to look at as the primary luminary. The fifth place I'm going to look at is the secondary luminary. So for me, since my primary luminary is the moon, my secondary luminary will be the sun. And my sun, as we already talked about a little bit because it was my chart ruler, is at zero degrees of Capricorn. But something we didn't talk about in my sun is it is conjunct Uranus, which is at five degrees of Capricorn. So here's what it's like having your sun conjunct Uranus in your chart. And it's also your chart ruler. I'm clumsy as fuck, y'all. Like, I also have these, like, kind of genius ideas. Um, but I have a hard time following through because, you know, Uranus is this quick burst of energy and this quick burst of genius. But sometimes I'm just super uninspired. So sometimes, like tonight, I get these bursts of creativity and these bursts of energy. And I'm like, okay, time to record a podcast. And I don't think I've even taken a breath. Like, everything's just, like, flown through me with just, you know, honestly, it's pretty simply, um, but I don't have a whole lot of control over it. And that's that Uranus energy. Um, but because it's in Capricorn, like I'm physically doing something. So Capricorn's an earth sign. So when that Uranus does kind of jolt my sun, like I physically create something. And because it's in my sixth house, which sixth house is the house of service, this is you know, jolting me into doing something that is going to be of service to other people. So, you know, that's, that's the fifth thing I look at. The sixth place thing I look at is the angles, which we talked about earlier. So the angles of the chart, I look at the first house, the fourth house, the seventh house, and the 10th house, because those are kind of the pillars of the chart. They're the thing that kind of holds the whole chart together. So, one thing that's really, you know, stands out when I look at my chart, for instance, is that my north and south node is in my first and seventh house. So the first house is the house of self. It's your personality. It's your identity. Um, it's the ego. It's the physical body. And then seventh house is the other. It's represents marriage. It's a partner. It's, you know, it can be my clients. It's whoever. It's people that I'm in one-on-one -on -one relationships with. So having my north node in my seventh house lets me know that, you know, I'm here for partnership. I'm here to collaborate with people. I'm not here to do life alone. And wherever your south node is in your chart, and that's going to be 
our next point, so we'll go ahead and combine these because number seven, the seventh point I look at is the north node, but my north node happens to be in one of my angular houses. Um, but, you know, that north node, that's what we're here to learn. But our south node is what we're comfortable with. So I am comfortable being alone. Um, and sometimes, like, I crave it, if I'm being honest. Like, my partner, Caleb, he travels for a living and if he's home too long, it gets, it's, if he's home for too long, it gets difficult. Um, and it's not that we don't enjoy spending time with each other, but we really need that space just for us to, we have a lot of man. If you know anything about human design, he's a manifester and I'm a manifesting generator and we just both have a lot of energy. And I think sometimes it being in the same house, it it can kind of like create like this pressurized intensity that like one of us kind of needs to leave. And it doesn't really matter which one of us it is. Either of us can leave and that pressure kind of goes off. And I think at this point in our relationship, we're figuring that out. Um, But you know, during the pandemic, we weren't getting that release. And it was rough because it turns into like depression and it can turn into just a lot of things and then obviously dealing with the pandemic in general but I think that's something that you know I've learned is that we do need that release in our relationship when we need that space because there's so much intensity there um but that's but I'm so point being I'm really comfortable being by myself but I'm actually here to learn how to be in that intensity. That's what that North Node says. And it's an Aquarius and it's a, you know, it's a Saturn ruled sign. And so there's a, there's some intensity there and there's some really, you know, deep, I am here to learn some really intense lessons around partnership and they're not always going to be hunky dory. And, um, I, I do, I see Caleb as like one of my greatest teachers And when I lean into that, rather than judging him, um, not only like I'm able to love him really well, but I'm also able to like learn. So and then the other thing I see is that I have Venus opposing my ascent, uh, my ascendant. So my the Venus is one of the. So you want to look at planets that are kind of, that are dancing with your ascendant. And though that's going to let you know, those planets are really going to affect your personality. They're going to affect how you go through the world, how you view the world, how you see the world, and also how others see you. So Venus being on my ascendant, like, or my descendant, I'm an artist. And like, people see me as an artist. I see myself as an artist. I also see the world through a lens of art. So having Venus and Aquarius, like I see humanity as this mural. I see humanity as a tapestry and we're all a different part of it. We're all a different piece of this beautiful picture. Um, and that's how I view the world. And, and that's how I am best able to participate in the world. So that's that's a little bit about the angles. And then since we're on the angles, let's move to point number eight. And that's the midheaven and the IC. So the midheaven um, in my chart is at 24 degrees of Aries, which means the IC is directly opposed to that, which is at 24 degrees of Libra, which is conjunct my moon that we talked about earlier. So when your moon is conjunct your IC, your IC is kind of like your 
your MC, your midheaven, is the most visible point of your chart. It's the it's the highest pinnacle of what you could be. And your IC is like the most private part of you. So the most private part of me being in Libra, that lets me know I need a lot of balance and I need a lot of harmony in my life. And having my moon there, like it's actually a place of security for me. It's really, really, really important to me to have that harmony and that balance within my relationships in my life. Um, and this is true. Like having my midheaven in Aries, I think I come off sometimes a lot harsher and maybe a little bit more intense than I am. But when I'm at home, I'm very like agreeable and kind and just trying to kind of make other people's lives easier. And then I think when I'm out in public, I'm a bit more like confrontational and that Aries comes out. Um, and yeah, and that Aries is who I am like, and I can like tell like when I confront somebody in public and that like warrior energy comes out or I'm just the really bold and I like go out of my way or do something that is putting myself out there or taking initiative, I can feel that warrior energy, that Aries energy coming out in me. Um, Aries, so looking a little bit about my midheaven, um, yeah, that midheaven, that's a trailblazer energy. That's an energy of being first. And I often am that. Like when I am at my best self, when I'm at my highest self, I am doing things that no one around me has done yet. And then I know, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm setting a precedence and my friends follow and then they do. And it's but for a while I end up kind of and like I know like a lot lot of like the spiritual and the woo woo shit. Like I know I started looking into a lot of that stuff and my friends were like, is this okay? I don't know if this is okay." And like I remember being like, yeah, okay, eventually everybody will kind of get where I am. And then everyone did. And my friends slowly have been like, oh, yeah, like, you know, not necessarily agreeing with everything, I think, but at least a little bit more on my same page of like, oh, being a little bit more open spiritually and coming out of the confines of religion. But yeah, and so just me going first was, it was, that's just kind of been a theme in my life. So that's number eight, the IC and the mid or the IC and the MC. Number nine is the malefic in the chart. So the malefic in the chart. So remember we talked about earlier that, you know, uh, nighttime or daytime, if you're a nocturnal diurnal chart. So this is going to come, this is going to be important right now. So if you are... A diurnal chart, meaning your sun is above the horizon, either in the house 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, or 7, then the malefic that affects your chart more is Mars. So if you are a night chart, then the malefic that is on your team is Mars, and the one that you kind of got to pay a little bit more attention to is Saturn. And if you were on the daytime team, then the malefic that is on your team is Saturn and the malefic you need to pay a little attention to is Mars. So what a malefic means is a planet that's kind of fucking up some shit in your chart. (laughs) Um, And if it's on your team, so like for instance, I have a nocturnal chart, so Mars is on my team. That means that like Mars might be a little bit nicer to me than it would be to a day chart. 
Um, whereas Saturn, for instance, might give me a little bit more trouble than it would a day chart. Now, we're going to look at my malefic because that kind of can indicate like where the native or this chart person might have some issues in their chart. So the one that's kind of hairy for me because I'm nocturnal, we're going to look at the other one, which is Saturn. Saturn for me is in Capricorn, which is where Saturn likes to be. It is also my sun and I have several planets there, including Mercury and it's in the sixth house, which, you know, if there's going to be a place for Capricorn to be, I like it in the sixth house. Sixth house is good. I also like it in the twelfth house. Um, it's really nice in the tenth house. Like there are some places that like it's not a it's not bad to have Capricorn there, because Capricorn's kind of like a get it done kind of planet, regardless or sign. And the sixth house is kind of a get it done house you know it's just a it's your daily shit that's what the sixth house is um so my Saturn is not in a terrible position um it's there to teach me some lessons it's definitely like put me through some hardships in my life for sure but it's it's doing a lot of positive things in my chart as well. It's it's helping out my Mercury. It's bringing some stability to my chart. Um, so though I've and so I think what my Saturn does in my chart is I have had a lot of loss. I have had a lot of pain, which is Saturn. Um, but there's been a lot of con like I've learned a lot from it, and I think that you know Saturn conjuncting Mercury. Like, what have you learned from what's happened to you, especially squaring my moon? Like, what have you learned from what, like, what have you learned emotionally? Like, what have you incorporated into your day to day? Um, and then opposing that um, widely is my Jupiter in Cancer in the 12th house. Um, so I think that there's, which is an exalted Jupiter. So I think that there's a lot of you know, positivity that comes through that too. There's a lot of like, what can I learn and how can I heal others with that Jupiter? Um, and then the last thing that I look for, so I look for the malefic that's going to kind of cause some trouble. And then I look for the benefic that's going to kind of help things out. So if you're on the night team and you're nocturnal like me, the planet that's going to help you out is going to be Venus. And if you're on the day team, the planet that's going to help you out is going to be Jupiter. Now, neither one of those are bad, you know, bad bitches to have in your corner. Um, so my Jupiter is exalted. And even though, you know, I'm not on the day team, it's still great. It's great to have an exalted Jupiter, meaning my Jupiter is in the sign of cancer. So planets are exalted and have their fall or they're, ex yeah, they're exalted and have their fall in certain signs and they have their domicile, meaning they rule and then the ones that they have their detriment in. So if you want to know more about that, book a reading with me. I know some of this is getting really complicated, but this is just what I would do if I gave a reading. So I just wanted to kind of give you guys an overview of how I look at a chart. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn more, I do astrology tutoring. You can get your chart read, whatevs. Um, I have lots of options so you guys can learn more and more about your chart. Um, yeah, but the, so the last thing I look at, the 10th thing, is the benefic. So the benefic for a nocturnal chart like my own, I look for is Venus. So Venus is opposing my ascendant. It's a pretty great place for Venus to be. I'm not going to lie. Um, I really, and Venus is the planet of beauty, money, 
um, romance, connection, relationships, music, creativity, and it's opposing my ascendant. And I would say I have a very strong appreciation for all of those things. It's in the sign of Aquarius, which is futuristic and out there. And I definitely have a bit of a quirky style. Like, I have a lot of planets in Capricorn, so I like to think keep things classic, but I like a quirk. I like some quirk. I like things that are futuristic. I like things that are a little different, a little out there. Um, especially when it comes to music and the type of art that I like to consume. Um, I have an appreciation for the humanity behind the art, not just the art itself, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I would say Venus is in a pretty powerful place in my chart. Um, it also shows me that partnership, because it's in the seventh house, is super, super important to me. And it definitely is. Um, my partnership um, romantically is very important to me. But also, you know, partnerships that I have with in business and partnerships that I have with clients. Like, I take those relationships very seriously and they're very very important to me and and so and that's reflected in but it's also an area because my north node's there this is something I'm learning I'm getting better and better at this so my venus is actually something I think I'm going to learn to appreciate more and more with time so that is an overview a very quick overview of kind of how I would go through a chart and I know that might have seemed like a lot, but these are all, you know, pretty easy concepts that you can grasp if you just understand a few basic things of astrology. So if your interest is piqued, I really want to encourage you, reach out to me. Let's do some astrology tutoring. It's going to be cheaper than the price of a reading. Um... And I'm going to do a sliding scale, but if you're interested in learning more about astrology, whether you want to, you know, start doing it so maybe you can potentially practice one day, or if you, you know, maybe are, have some sort of other modality that you work through, such as Reiki or Tarot, um, but you want to incorporate or learn more about astrology, or maybe you just want to learn more about astrology to apply in your own life, reach out to me, DM me, and let's talk about doing some astrology tutoring. I think astrology is such a beautiful way to help understand yourself better and also understand the transits that we're going through from day to day. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. My brother is getting, well, he's already married, but he's having his vow renewal and actual full wedding because he didn't get to have one because of COVID last year. And I'm really excited that they're getting to do a full wedding and then they're going to go on a really beautiful honeymoon and they so deserve it. And so I'm really grateful to get to celebrate them. That's happening this weekend on this Aquarius full moon. Um, I'm hoping to do a full moon ceremony. Be on the lookout for that. Head over to Victoria at Victoria G. Stevens on Instagram. I have energy updates for this week um, and there'll be different content coming out this week about Leo season and just more about how you can embrace this energy that's coming up and, and you know, just, just get more in flow with the stars. 
I thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review. Share it with a friend and share it on social media. And please tag me at Victoria G. Stevens. That would be awesome. And if you'd be so kind, please leave a five-star review and just rate and review this podcast on wherever you're listening to it. It really, really does help so much. And it helps me create more content like this. So I want to keep creating content that helps you guys understand the stars more. And that really does help me do it. So thank you guys. Have a beautiful week. Bye.